Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. Well, Reverend Tim Costello is Ambassador at Large for World Vision Australia and he's also the head of MICA Australia, an organisation which a few weeks ago took some women to Parliament House. You may remember we spoke with one of them on the program, some women Christian leaders. They met with the PM and they met with Peter Dutton and... It seems that there probably is a connection between their meetings and the fact that kids are now coming out of detention on Nauru, slowly but surely, and not before time. Uh, And that's a very, very good outcome. Tim Costello has just come back from the United States, Washington, D.C., where he's joined uh, up with the Sojourners Organization. You might remember we spoke with Jim Wallace on the program a while back. And um, we took the chance to catch up with Tim Costello, who says that he's never seen the United States so divided, and we thought it was it was worth catching up with him in the wake of what happened in Pittsburgh last week. Tim Costello, welcome back to Open House. Thank you. Lovely to be with you. And the big news, you've just joined the board of the Sojourners Organisation. We spoke to Jim Wallace on this program a month or two ago. He made a very compelling case for America reaching a new level of division it's not seen for a long time. What was your impression then? Yeah, exactly that. I felt great grief, personal grief, at uh, America coming apart. The rhetoric is uh, polarised. It's almost impossible to have a conversation um, between Republicans and Democrats. Um, Families are fearing going to Thanksgiving more. That's bigger than uh, Christmas for American families because if politics comes up, fights break out, they may lose the family. So they are really anxious, indeed even paralysed. And um, this is heightened, of course, by the midterm elections uh, in, a, in a week's time. So, yeah, I, 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 I was praying a lot for America. I was praying for Donald Trump. I was praying for Democrat leaders because um, it's a nation that, you know, strongly says we, we are a Christian nation. But I felt fear, heaviness and uh, anxiety there, Stephen. Um, a lot of Americans, if they say we're a Christian nation, they they take a, a very Old Testament view of that, though, don't they? They do. Look, um, if I'm critical of the moral majority, they hmm. uh, really came in to stop the moral decay in America. I'm not critical of that. I support that. Hmm. Uh, they've ended up uh, voting for a, a president who's had five children to three different women who's a casino owner to stop the moral decay so that's a it's a curious thing for me but the the danger with the gospel message that's often being preached is uh, america was once a christian nation uh, america sinned if america can get the right supreme court appointment on the right legislation america will be a christian nation again mm. now i don't believe that's the gospel i believe the gospel is mm. jesus who died for our sins and rose again rather than any nation was a christian nation i i very much doubt that i think the myth of a, a christian nation is constantinian which is exactly what you're referring to yes and you get a siege mentality so i was at an event where mike huckabee spoke now this was um this was several years ago but within the modern <laughs> in the modern era uh, so he was a uh, you know touted as, as a republican hopeful mm. um and and uh, of course had a long career in politics himself so people were trying to recruit him again and here he was speaking at an event 
um, for Christians. Mm. And his his statement that that really stuck out to me was, make no mistake, the Middle East is only the entree, America is the main course. And this was in the context of the war against terror. So they get a siege mentality where they, and of course, this is the nation that had 9 11. I'm not taking away from a moment for any of the reality of that. But there's a sense that America has to repel the infidel sort of feeling. Yeah, look, I, I think that siege mentality has been um, shifting. So now it's not the fear of terror. They're declaring that's the second priority. It's the fear of China and its rise. And I think when you live with fear, um, it corrodes you. And I think politicians' language needs to be not only aiming for peace, but also soothing fear because... Um, you know, heaven knows, we've all got a lot of fears that we're carrying in our daily lives about our, our kids, our bank balances, our job security. When political leaders ramp up fear, I think that gets to being irresponsible. Well, now, that is very much happening in the run-up to the midterm elections. Donald Trump is making great capital of this humanitarian caravan. I don't know if you call it a humanitarian mm. caravan, but a caravan of people they are basically fleeing a despotic and and, you know, poverty-stricken regime in uh, South America heading towards the US and and Donald Trump is sending more troops to the border and it's about Mm. the caravan. And here's the kicker, and did you get a sense of this? You were there um, probably during that shooting uh, of the Jewish community um, uh, synagogue. Um, Some commentators are drawing a link between Donald Trump talking invasion and the shooter saying, I'm sick of this invasion, I'm going to do something about it. Yeah, look, I, I would never cause, uh, never draw a causal link and no. say Donald Trump caused no. it. But I would say uh, political leaders all know that if you play race, you play fears. There are always people who are demented or on the borderline or have been white supremacists in the closet who feel emboldened to come out and clearly uh, this man Mr Bowers who killed these 11 people in the synagogue uh, was uh, very anti-immigration and uh, anti-immigration enough to say the Jewish refugee organisation that's been there for 150 years mainly most Jewish families in America had links with this Jewish organisation and getting to America it's broadened and it's uh, this Jewish organisation is um, doing uh, immigration with other refugees he clearly the killer clearly targeted that and there is sadly a not a causal connection, but a correlation between what Trump has been saying and uh, now some demented killers who are who are acting. And yet he won't moderate his language. I find this really terrifying. That's what I mean by America coming apart. Uh, I feel that um, I went to church myself uh, in West Virginia, a little... Uh, Church of Christ Brethren, whatever denomination that is, it just happened to be next door to where I was staying. And, uh, you know, I was really struck. Isaiah 1-7 was the text. Because you rebelled against the Lord, he is sending foreigners to strip your fields. And the preacher went to Central Americans and to what the president had warned and the need for a wall. And there's no foreigners in West Virginia. They're all white. (laughs) We're all white in church. And I thought... 
You know, this is stoking fears uh, and presidential language, uh, any political language, has to say, uh, I, I must be responsible in terms of the fears I stoke. That, that does really worry me. Yeah. Well, you've said it. The answer is... Um clearly prayer prayer and action and, and prayer you know praying for the president that's um that's something we must continue to do when you pray for donald trump what do you pray tim costello yeah no i do pray for donald trump um i couldn't uh, initially <laughs> and uh, it was a, a blockage in my mind and i felt challenged by the lord to say you need to pray for donald trump Look, I pray that he will temper his language, that he will lead wisely, that uh, some of the good things, uh, there is now low unemployment in America and there is a sense of them turning from that great recession. I I welcome that, whether it's all Donald Trump's doing or not, that's for others to... But at least I welcome that. So I I really pray that uh, the upturn in the economy leads Donald Trump to moderating language of fear and saying let's come together let's not uh you know the the other thing i pray for to be honest is the way he keeps going fake news fake news um i personally think that facts and truth well as the bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free if there's an assault on truth and things that we regard as solid facts and we can't even agree on those we just make up our own facts i think society and culture is in deep deep trouble so i pray for him uh, on that score also yes well tim Cosello, thank you for that and i just want to thank you for what your organization is doing for the kids off nauru thank you look we believe the boats won't restart at all we believe turn back actually is working and therefore the prolonged indefinite uncertain what amounts to sometimes torture for those on nauru is just um uh unjustifiable mm. and i think we're slowly seeing the dial turn there's some christian leaders i won't name them they went and saw uh, scott morrison and they saw peter dutton uh, some six weeks ago i think that started to shift the dial Stephen, um mm. as those two men actually heard what these christian women and very big well-known pentecostal salvation army baptist uh, yeah, we interviewed one of them on this program and I, and I understand that uh, there's some sense in which that actually made a difference absolutely i think when, when in trouble Stephen, send in the women and <laughs> that works for and, me <laughs> uh, that's what micah australia did and uh I, I think when they see those women's faith and, um, you know, look, we all know at the end of the day that women do most of the caring and the supporting and and the praying. Uh, I think that was very telling. They don't that spend visit. time wasting, thumping their chests and trying to be the biggest silverback in the, in the zoo <laughs> like we do. <laughs> exactly. As, as my wife likes to say, behind every successful man stands a very surprised woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd better leave it there before you and I get into any more trouble. <laughs> Tim Costello, it's been a delight. Thank you so much. That's a pleasure. Thanks. <laughs> Fresh off the plane from Washington, D.C., Tim Costello, and uh, amongst other things, uh, the uh, head of MICA Australia. And look, there are about 35 children left on Nauru now, apparently. It was interesting to hear the Prime Minister on that during the week, trying to make it 
make out as if it's sort of nothing. Oh yes, we're we're just bringing them, just bringing them back. Well, we know it's a very big deal from the government's point of view because the government has held out that they absolutely had to stay there for so long, and he's sort of caught, isn't he? He doesn't. He doesn't get the chance to say, yes, I've responded, which he should have done, I think. The best thing to do would have been to said, to have said, now uh, that we've got the chance to review our policy, um, it's a brand new day, we're going to do this because it's the right thing to do. But he's caught because they've spent so long saying that it wasn't the right thing to do. Now to do it looks like a backflip and so it's sort of worst of both worlds in a way. Um but there you have it, 35 kids. And then there's the question about whether any get settled in New Zealand. There's a, an offer still on the table from the New Zealand Prime Minister to resettle refugees. And uh, the question is, would they have a backdoor entry to Australia? So there's legislation being debated and discussed, but we just need to get on with and do it. I Did you notice what Tim Costello said? We believe, he said, and he's referring to Micah, obviously, but he said, we believe that the boats won't start, won't start again. Because unless you believe that, um, then you're buying into an argument, which is still an argument. It's a contestable idea that if we settled these refugees in Australia, the floodgates would be open. That's what the government has said. But I think as a as a people, we're entitled to test that idea. And if you take the view that they won't start again, like lots of other things have been put in place and they won't start again, then you do have to ask yourself, why are they still there? Why are those people still there? Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.